It's a destination. We are finally here. Let's go. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Destination Dynasty. I am your gracious host, Scott Connor, at Charles Chill FFB on X or Twitter. Either one works. And tonight's episode, we're going to jump right into it. The last few shows have been awesome, talking about the future of the Dynasty game, the future of the Dynasty gamer. Had a great time chopping it up with Jordan McNamara. And certainly that will be a topic that stays on the forefront of a lot of the things that we're talking about here at Destination Devi. Uh, over the next couple months, over the next year, especially as we continue to build out our content and the tools and just the way people play the game with the changes uh, with technology and just the new age player that's coming into the Dynasty game at this point. But tonight we're going to go right back to the nitty gritty. We are going to do a any running back on a 53 prep show. I did this a couple months back looking at every single team and I'm going to go through and do it again and really talk about what I am doing with my portfolio with the any running back on a 53 strategy, looking at what's probably going to happen over the next 10 days or so. Uh, Roster cut downs are next week. Teams have to go down to 53 and a lot of these teams are carrying anywhere from 84 to 90 players still. So a lot of the players that you currently have rostered Using the any running back on a 53 principle, uh, get ready for some shakeups. There's going to be a lot of players cut, and then obviously there's going to be some players that don't get cut, but then end up getting cut later when some of the players that got cut by other teams are available for them to sign. So there's going to be a lot of movement. We're probably going to settle into a range where you're most likely looking at about 80 to 90 running backs that are relevant that you want to roster. Right now, across my Dynasty portfolio, I am carrying 124 different running backs. So that's going to get cut probably by at least 30% over the next 10 days or so. As you're going to see movement, you're going to see players move to the practice squad, you're going to see other players outright released, then you're going to see teams go, wow, that running back became available, that's better than what we have as our number four, or what we have currently on our practice squad, and they're going to get moved around and shuffled around, which means in Dynasty, people are going to be cutting, people are going to be adding, some surprise moves may happen where players win a number two job or a number three job, and then there's a trade market that opens up. So we're going to go through every team, I'm just going to give you kind of the idea of what I think is going to happen with the backfield and then also what I'm doing in my dynasty portfolio. And there's going to be some spots where people say, you know what, I'm playing that a little bit differently. And that is fine. That happened last time. There were a couple players where I go, I'm not going to roster them. And I probably should have vice versa. Other players that I might be rostering and people say, you know what, it doesn't even matter if they're on a 53, I'm not going to bother in my league. And obviously this is league dependent. Not every single league needs to go 120 plus running backs deep. Not every league is going to have 80 or 90 that are worth rostering once you get into the season, just given how many roster spots you might be able to have during the active roster portion of the year. But anyway, we're going to go through, look at every team. I'll give you my thoughts on the backfield, kind of forecast what I'm doing with some of these players, maybe talk a little bit about who I'm flipping, who I may be looking to leverage trade, who I may be looking to really try to down tier for another body. So we'll kind of talk about those types of moves when we get to some applicable players. But until then, please check out everything at Destination Devi, patreon.com slash all gas, Destination Chill, 
airing every Sunday night. We're going to have one more episode on Sunday night. That will be next week. Uh, the finale for the offseason where Ray and I are going to talk about what can go wrong for us in 2023. Or more importantly, what can go wrong that causes us to lose our leagues in 2023. That's going to be the theme of the show. Labor Day weekend, Sunday night, September 3rd. That will be the final show airing on Sundays only on Destination Debbie YouTube. And then we will switch over to Wednesday nights during the season starting on September 13th. So look out for Destination Chill Sunday night, September 3rd. And then finally starting once the season begins, September 13th, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Destination Debbie YouTube channel. So with that, let's get into the depth charts. So we're going to start with the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills, right now, since we've done the last episode, they did sign running back Ty Johnson. And so with Ty Johnson now in the fold, it's essentially going to be a three-way race for one spot between Ty Johnson, Jordan Mims is a guy they picked up after the draft, and then Darrington Evans, who they signed over the summer. And it's basically competing for one spot. Darrington Evans has played some special teams. I'm holding some Darrington Evans. Most likely, he's going to be the odd man out. I would guess that it's probably between Darrington Evans and Jordan Mims. I can't imagine that Ty Johnson wins a roster spot, but they just signed Ty Johnson. Literally, they signed Ty Johnson last week. So the fact that they bring him in has to say something about the other two guys that they have currently, because Damian Harris is injured. James Cook, Latavius Murray are locks. Damian Harris is a lock. It's just how bad is his injury? Is it something that's going to keep him out? Do they need an extra running back for a couple weeks? Who knows? But you have to figure that one of those three is going to make the team. I have no Jordan Mims. I'm pretty sure he's out on waivers in almost every league that I'm in. Ty Johnson, Darrington Evans, I'm rostering a couple shares of each, but honestly, neither one I'm super interested in. And one of the reasons being... Both guys have bounced around numerous times. Both guys have been on now three teams. I believe Darrington Evans, this might even be his fourth team. So it's just not interesting to have those guys that have bounced around so many times and haven't been able to stick. I know Ty Johnson got a little bit of rough end of the stick with the injury with the Jets from last year. But still, both those guys are really the types that you see on waivers everywhere. So not super interested, but obviously I'll roster a couple of both just to see what happens with that depth chart. But it's pretty much the three and then maybe one more spot. Pretty much whoever can return kicks, whoever can do special teams like Naheem Hines was planning to do is probably going to be who wins the job. Dolphins. So the Dolphins obviously have been flirting with Jonathan Taylor, uh, potentially trading for him. They also have Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Devon A-Chain. All three of those guys are locks. Uh, they're going to have to cut two of Chris Brooks, who's a UDFA, Miles Gaskin, and Salvin Ahmed. And all three of those guys have been okay in the preseason. Again, I'm rostering a bunch of all three, uh, partially because I want whoever is an active running back on the Dolphins. Uh, but more importantly, there's probably a good chance that one of them, if not both of them, that get cut from this backfield end up getting a shot on another team, especially if it's Gaskin and Ahmed, because they've produced before. People have seen them. Those will be two players that I think the NFL would be interested in at least bringing in for another depth chart if they get cut by the Dolphins. So it's pretty much three guys for one spot. I am rostering all three of Chris Brooks, Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed. Real quick on Devon A-Chain, I do wonder if he's one of those players right now that if you make a pretty strong bet either in favor or against him, uh, you can make some profit. Because I do think there's the potential they bring in another running back. They obviously flirted with Dalvin Cook. They're flirting with Jonathan Taylor. Like Those aren't rumors. 
It's actually been talked about that they've been interested in both of those players. But then they drafted Devon A-Chain, and they have a very fragile backfield with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. And even with A-Chain's injury that's going to keep him out for a couple weeks, you can still tell yourself a story where later in the year, he's the guy I want in this backfield. You can also tell yourself a story where he's not even relevant this year. Like, it could go both ways. They trade for Jonathan Taylor, and he maintains his spot as the third running back outside of Taylor, and he's injured and Jeff Wilson and or Raheem Mostert don't get hurt, Devon A-Chain is pretty much redshirting this year. You could also see a world where they don't get Taylor. Wilson and Mostert miss time because they have pretty much every year since they've been fantasy relevant. And then boom, Devon A-Chain's winning leagues in week 10. Like it could go both ways and players that have that wide of range of outcomes at the running back position, I'm fine making a bet either way. Whatever path you want to go, I'm fine making a bet either side either pivot down off of A-Chain for another running back and a pick, or add to A-Chain and go try to get a better running back. Either one, I think you could try to work depending on the value in your specific league. So next team up, we have the New England Patriots. Obviously, the Patriots, since we did the last show, signed Ezekiel Elliott. So they're going to roll with Ramondre Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott, and they have seven running backs. They also signed C.J. Maribel, who was a UDFA from a prior draft. And so right now they're carrying seven running backs. They still have Ty Montgomery. I have to think Ty Montgomery gets a job just being the veteran that he is. Uh, but obviously his stock has been significantly hurt uh, with him getting injured again and with Ezekiel Elliott coming into town. So it's interesting what they're going to do with that spot because they're not going to keep five running backs. I mean, they might because Ty Montgomery can kind of play multiple positions, but even so, you're looking at definitely J.J. Taylor not making the team unless he goes to the practice squad. C.J. Maribel is not going to make the team. So most likely, Kevin Harris or Pierre Strong is going to be a casualty here unless they somehow find a way to keep both. Obviously, both of those are ones where you're almost sitting here going, if I have Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris, I want both. I liked both. I like both profiles. The team isn't committing to either one, even as like the third string running back at this point. So you're almost sitting here going, I kind of wish I have a lot of the one that gets cut and then they get a chance to go somewhere else. So one of those guys is going to get cut. I've started to see some Kevin Harris's get cut. I've had to cut a couple myself. I've only seen one Pierre Strong get cut. And I'm talking a big span of leagues here. I'm in over 50 leagues. So I do see transactions and I'm always paying attention. Every single time I get an email, I have emails on for every single ad drop and I see what running backs are getting dropped and which ones are getting added in waivers out there. And I've seen more Kevin Harris's get dropped than Pierre Strong. I think that's just people's bias. Strong had higher draft capital and people think he is a much better receiver. So they're going to just prioritize him thinking, hey, he's going to win the third down role behind Ramondre. Kevin Harris is going to get cut. But wouldn't be shocked if it goes any which way. But I want both of those guys just in case one of them goes somewhere else. It's probably going to end up being better off form if that happens. On to the Jets. Jets are another team. Since we've done the last show, they signed Dalvin Cook. So right now they're looking at Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, and Izzy Abanacanda are definitely going to make the team. Then it comes down to, do they stay loyal to Michael Carter? He's been there for the longest of all the players on the team, but reports are that he hasn't been that good. Honestly, like I'd probably say there's a shot they keep Zonovan Knight over him, but most likely they're not going to. So Zonovan Knight is definitely one of those where he's probably better off getting cut. And you root for that versus like I have way more Zonovan Knight than Michael Carter just because Michael Carter actually had value at one point. Zonovan Knight really didn't. So looking for Zonovan Knight to get cut. Travis Dye is going to get cut as well. Travis Dye, I have a decent amount of just because I did like him coming out of college a little bit. 
but given he's buried in this backfield, he's definitely not going to make the roster. That's probably more of a practice squad guy that really is going to be stuck still behind four guys, even if he makes the practice squad. So kind of looking for someone else to pick up in place of Travis Dye and then hoping that Zonovan Knight gets cut because I'm sure he's somebody that people will have interest in if he gets released. So on to the Bengals. So the Bengals right now only have four running backs. Other than a couple guys, Jacob Salyers and Calvin Tyler, you've probably never heard of them. Uh, They're not going to make the team. This is probably one of the worst running back rooms. Like I tweeted out the other day, like the Bengals low key have one of the worst running back rooms. And as much as people don't like Joe Mixon or say he's not that good, like he's by far leaps and bounds better than everybody else they have. Right now, it's been Chris Evans as the number two running back. Travion Williams has been hurt, but everything I'm reading and listening to, Travion Williams is still probably going to be the favorite to be the backup. And there's a chance that Chase Brown is the number four. Now, I think they're going to keep all four. Maybe they cut Chris Evans. He would be the one that they would cut uh, just because they're trying to work in some other players and special teams. And if they don't need a kick returner, then it's probably kudos for Chris Evans if they don't think he's the number three running back. But I think with where they're at, this is going to be a team that probably keeps all four. But then potentially, I could see a reason they cut somebody, likely Chris Evans, just to see if they pick up somebody better that hits waivers or also gets cut. That can be the only thing that I'm thinking of because right now they don't have a backup running back. They have three guys and I don't think they trust any of the three to do everything. It was maybe Travion Williams, but then he got hurt. He's missed the entire preseason. So I don't know if they can even say, yep, he's ready to be the backup because he's been here for four years and he's really never had that role before. So it'll be very interesting. This should be a team that is waiting to see if somebody like Zonovan Knight gets cut and see if they can find somebody that can come in and provide something more than what they have. But otherwise, they probably have no choice but to sign or to keep the four that they have just because they're so weak at the position. So they probably have to keep four. Uh, It'll be very interesting to see what happens. But definitely the Bengals are a team to watch out to maybe bring in somebody once we see all the cuts. Uh, Ravens are in the same position. The Ravens obviously have J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. They signed Melvin Gordon. I haven't heard a ton about Melvin Gordon, but Melvin Gordon's also been in the league for seven years. So I'm not sure what you're going to hear about him. He's not a guy you're going to go, okay, he has to earn his job in preseason. It's probably like they brought him in for a reason. They gave him decent money. Like they didn't give him a league minimum contract. He got a contract that could be worth over $3 million. So I think he has a really good chance to make the team, but They also have Keaton Mitchell and Justice Hill. They have another running back, Owen Wright. We're not counting him. But Keaton Mitchell and Justice Hill are probably fighting for a roster spot. Also wouldn't be shocked if they go, you know what, we're going to cut Gus Edwards and just keep Melvin Gordon, Keaton Mitchell, Justice Hill, and J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Interested in all of these guys. Wasn't super interested in Mitchell right away, but he's had a good preseason. And right now, we probably shouldn't be as biased as we were in the past on guys that are undersized. He's extremely small less than 190 pounds, really not a profile that I'd be like, I have to have, but you never know. In today's world where the high-end running back production is down, literally any running back, especially if you design your roster right, if you can just get 10 points out of a running back for free, it potentially could be worth it. So you can't really write them off. Wouldn't have much interest in Keaton Mitchell or Justice Hill, though, if they get cut, especially Keaton Mitchell. If he gets cut, the team that picked him up, the team that had him, the team that he played well for, cuts him then I'm probably okay cutting him from dynasty teams at that point. So the Browns. Browns are another team, kind of like the Bengals. They have their guy they've had for a while, Nick Chubb, just like the Bengals have Mixon. They default, gave their number two job to a backup, Travion Williams, in the Browns case, Jerome Ford. And then Jerome Ford gets hurt, and he's missed the entire preseason. 
So now behind him, you have John Kelly, who's going to get cut. Hassan Hall, who's going to get cut. They have Jordan Wilkins on the roster. He's not going to make it. And they've been operating Demetric Felton as the backup running back. And Demetric Felton was a wide receiver last year. So even though he plays more like a running back, he still isn't a true running back. Think like Keaton Mitchell almost, where he's not going to be a true running back. Both these guys are more like Deuce Vaughn, where they're just going to be a weapon. But man, you can't really say, yeah, that's our number three running back. And if the starter goes down, this guy can absorb 15 touches. Like they're not going to use him that way. So the Browns are another team where they probably keep three. They keep Ford, Felton, and Nick Chubb. Maybe they surprise everybody and keep John Kelly, but I doubt it. This is going to be a team that has to sign somebody when people get cut. And you got to figure that's where a team like the Browns or the Bengals are at. They're going, there's no reason for us to sign somebody now. I'll just wait to see 30 guys that get cut, and I'll bring one of them in. They're just a body that's going to occupy a roster spot. So that's most likely what the Browns are doing. I have some interest in Felton in best ball. Jerome Ford is actually one of the guys that I'm willing to pivot off of. I know he's hurt, so he really hasn't had any opportunity to show anything. And there's not really any buzz for Jerome Ford, but I have moved him in a couple deals. If I can get a third for him, if I can get a third or package him with a third to get a second. Like Jerome Ford's one that the community likes because coming out of college, people liked him. So I think there is a little sales cachet on Ford if you want to move him. Definitely okay taking a body and a pick for him if you want to get out. Because there's a really good chance they're like, yep, Jerome Ford's on our roster. He's securely going to make the team. But we may just bring somebody else in, and they just leapfrog Jerome Ford immediately on the depth chart. So I'm okay pivoting off of him just because he does have a name. Steelers, you have Najee Harris, you have Jalen Warren. That's a clear one and two. Uh, they did sign Xavier Valade, who got cut by the Texans. Most likely, they're going to keep three running backs. Third is going to be Anthony McFarland. He's been there. This will be his fourth year. They have a couple other guys, Darius Hagans and Greg Bell. But it's probably going to be Najee, Warren, McFarland. Maybe this is a team that potentially brings somebody in. Uh, They've brought in a couple running backs to work out over the summer, but they haven't signed anybody. Uh, So I can definitely see them maybe signing somebody else if for some reason they don't want to keep McFarland. But McFarland's somebody you can pick up for free. And I'm not saying he's worth anything. He's very similar to Travion Williams, where it's like, yeah, he was good in college. He's coming to the NFL and he's been around forever and has never done anything. But you never know. You never know. The team is clearly keeping him around. He's still on a cheap contract. This is his last year before he hits free agency. He's literally out there on waivers wherever you want to find him, most likely. And honestly, unless I have him, he's probably available. I'm looking right now. I have nine shares of Anthony McFarlane across 53 leagues. And I'm guessing I could check and he's available in at least half of the other ones. So if you wanted to get him, it's a part of a Steelers backfield. If you think they're going to be a good offense, if you like their first two running backs, then maybe it's worth stashing McFarland if you have a roster spot. So we'll go to the Titans. So the Titans obviously have Derrick Henry, Tajay Spears. Uh, Their third running back job is going to be interesting. It's probably down to Hassan Haskins and Julius Chestnut. Um, I had dropped Hassan Haskins quite a bit after his domestic violence arrest, and then nothing came of it. And as far as I know, it's still pending, but correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't done a deep dive on Hassan Haskins' situation, but I figured, hey, this guy actually was in an uphill battle to make the roster, and then this happened, there's no way they keep him. I thought they would just cut him on the spot because it sounded really bad when it first came out, and then boom, he hasn't been cut. So it's probably Julius Chestnut or Hassan Haskins. They also have Jox Patrick, who was with the Bengals for a little while, and then they also have Jonathan Ward, if people remember him from the Cardinals. But I've been picking Hassan Haskins back up only because I think this is a team that potentially keeps four running backs. So it may just be Henry, Spears, Haskins, and Julius Chestnut. So I do want Chestnut. I do want Haskins. 
We'll see if they have any cachet if one of them gets cut. Uh, but whoever the third is here, I'm very interested because I think both Haskins and Chestnut fit a role that Tajay Spears doesn't. So if they pick that running back as the number three, you never know. They're a Henry away from being maybe the early down guy, most likely on a bad team, but still, they at least have a potential path for some sort of playing time. Jacksonville. So the Jaguars have Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby. This is another interesting one. They also have Quadri Allison and Snoop Connor. Uh, I've not added those guys. I don't think they have a chance to make the team. They did bring in Jamichael Hasty, So they signed him in free agency, brought him back from last year, and then they went and signed Dearness Johnson as an unrestricted free agent. So I do think this team keeps four. I think this is a team where they keep both Hasty and Johnson behind ETN and Bigsby. It's a good offense. It's an offense that's used many running backs in the past. So you probably have to roster Johnson and Hasty, even though they might end up being kind of like dead zone roster clogger running backs where yes, they're on a 53, but they're clearly behind two guys that we think are pretty talented. I'd probably prioritize Hasty over Dearness Johnson just because he's a pass catcher. And if something were to happen to ETN or especially Bigsby, you could see Hasty just being the third down receiver back. He may even have a standalone role as well if they think he's the best pass catcher. Uh, but I'd probably prioritize Hasty over Johnson, but we've seen Johnson be okay in the past too. So I'm going to keep both of those guys uh, those are probably ones you're going to see get cut on some roster cutdowns where people have to cut four or five spots before they know what's going to happen in the NFL. You'll see a couple of those guys become available, so I'm fine picking them up. Colts, who the hell knows what's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor? They have Zach Moss. He's injured. He's going to be out for at least a couple weeks into the season after he broke his arm. So now they have Evan Hall, Kenyon Drake, Deion Jackson. That's probably going to be their three running backs to start the season. And that's probably the grossest backfield there is. But at this point, you've seen Kenyon Drake. I've talked about Kenyon Drake in the past. I've heard very little about him. But if he makes the team, historically, he's been decent. So I'm fine keeping a ton of Kenyon Drake. And he's an easy one that if he gets cut, you have to just see if he signs somewhere else. But he's also a guy that's made some money in the past. I don't see him just latching on with anybody and taking a practice squad role. Like he may just sit out there and wait till somebody needs a body. They need a veteran and he waits and signs then. So you may see a window where Kenyon Drake, if he gets cut by the Colts, he literally sits out there on a lot of waiver wires because people just go, yeah, he's old, doesn't matter anymore, couldn't even make the Colts when they don't have a running back, and then people just release him, and then you know what? You worry about him later. And that's one thing I do. I like Kenyon Drake. When I did my running back study, he was one where I'm like, you know what? He actually profiles as still decent, yet I know there's zero market for him just because he's been around for so long. And if he gets cut, people are just going to let him go. They're going to say, man, he can't even make the, the team with the Colts when they don't have Jonathan Taylor or Zach Moss. Like, I have no time for him. And that's one you just see sit out there on waivers. And I'll just cut him everywhere because I can always get a ton back, right? Like, I know if he's available in 80% of my leagues because nobody will want him. They will keep practice squad guys. They will keep rookies over him just because they're quote unquote young, even though they're all the same thing. Um, I can get, at any point, I can add 20% Kenyon Drake to my portfolio. So that's one I'll probably let go if he gets cut. And then obviously Evan Hall is probably going to make the roster, and Deion Jackson should make the roster. So we'll see about Moss. We'll see about Taylor. But uh, this is one of the backfields that's really gross. Uh, but right now, there's probably five guys that obviously you have to hold. You still have to hold Moss. You still have to hold Jackson, Drake, and Evan Hall. And then obviously Jonathan Taylor is a complete wild card. The Texans. Texans are another messy one. They did clear out Xavier Valaday, so that was one you could go through and just cut. Um, I think they're probably going to end up just keeping four between Dario Gumbawale, Mike Boone, and then Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce. 
Uh, they might cut Abumba Wale. I would think they would cut him before Mike Boone, uh, but they did bring him back and they signed Mike Boone in free agency. Uh, so those two, I like Mike Boone more. But again, those two are ones that you've probably seen on waiver wires for a couple seasons now. So I have no problem if you're like, you know what, there's no upside with Boone or Dare. I'm going to cut both of them. But you never know. It's not that great of a backfield, right? You got Devin Singletary as your number two. We know he's a pretty bad running back. So literally, like you could say Mike Boone, if he's the number three, you got to keep him. Like you, if you're playing any RBF on a 53, you have to keep a guy like Mike Boone if he's the number three running back. So keep an eye on this one. This is another team that I could see in the mix if somebody else becomes available, that they roll with it. So that's another one to keep an eye on with the Texans. AFC West, so let's go to the Broncos. So the Broncos have also been rumored to be involved with a lot of running backs that are out there. They've worked out some running backs, rumbled that they may be interested in Jonathan Taylor, may be interested in Dalvin Cook. Right now they have Javante Williams, who's seemingly healthy and should be ready to go. Samaj P. Ryan, who will be the clear backup. Then they have probably only one more spot available between Tyler Beatty. He's not going to make the team. Most likely, it comes down to Tony Jones and Jaleel McLaughlin. And I wasn't on Jaleel McLaughlin, another guy, super small. You're going, man, he's 5'7", 185 pounds. Like, I can't take this guy seriously, but he's had a good preseason. So kind of like Keaton Mitchell, where you're like, all right, maybe he's in the mix now to win a job. So he's probably the favorite to be the number three. Tony Jones and Dwayne Washington, that's the other running back they currently have on the roster. I mean, truthfully, like those are guys there just because they know Sean Payton, most likely. And then Tyler Beatty's a wild card. I've really heard not much about Tyler Beatty. Um, I know he was injured very early on, but like really it's going to be P. Ryan, Javante Williams, Jamil McLaughlin. But this is another team. Seems like I'm saying that about every single roster. But this is another team that they have to probably be sitting there going, all right, we like McLaughlin. We want to get him on the roster. but if a third running back comes available, we're probably going to look at maybe adding another guy. So don't be too settled if you have Jaleel McLaughlin, but at least you've gotten through the hurdle. He's likely to make the roster. So the Chiefs. Chiefs are another team that has a bunch of dudes you're probably holding on to. So Daenerik Prince, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco. Honestly, LaMichael Piran, Jerry and Ely, they're not relevant. They're technically still under contract. I think this team keeps four. So I know I said it was a little complicated, but it really isn't. It might be complicated in terms of who you want, but in terms of who's going to make the team, I think it's all four. Prince, CEH, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco. They may do something surprising, trade for Jonathan Taylor, go out and shop for somebody. Maybe Edward Solaire would be the victim there. It sounds like they really liked Merrick Prince. Like they're going to keep a hold of him. They're not going to let him subject to waivers where someone else can claim him. Uh, so I think these four make the team, barring that they don't make another move. So good stuff if you have all four. Obviously, any Chiefs running back, literally they're the epitome of any running back on a 53 because that's how they operate their team. But for Dynasty, you want all four. Like you just want as much as you can get of these Chiefs running backs. I will say, Jarek McKinnon is one where he goes by far the highest outside of Pacheco in redraft. Like he goes way ahead of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Daenerik Prince doesn't even get picked up. But obviously, you know you want to have running backs on the Chiefs. Even if they're just stashed, it's like, hey, if I can have two running backs on the Chiefs, even if I never know when to play him, maybe I wait till like week 12 and there's a chance where I can play him. I'll say this about McKinnon. McKinnon, he still, which is crazy, still has market value. Now, is it a second? No. But he is a pivot piece where you could say, you know what, I can probably add a third to McKinnon to get a second. I might be able to pivot off of McKinnon for a third and another running back. And it's simply because people go, wow, he could be the passing guy on the Chiefs. And I have to have that. 
especially because there's some bias. There's been a couple years recently where he's helped everybody in the fantasy playoffs with big games. And it makes sense because that's probably what the Chiefs are saving him for. Like big games later on in the year, like let's keep him fresh until then. But then let's use him in those games where it matters. Like he's pretty much always been the best running back in the passing game for them over the last couple years. So he's taking advantage of that, but you're still looking at a 31-year-old running back that, I mean, literally people left for dead after he tore his ACL in San Francisco. And we're sitting here six years later after that contract, and we're going, he's still here. He still holds value. It's really amazing. You don't see that very often, but I think because in redraft, he's a guy that goes in the top 12 rounds, he's somebody you can still trade. And you obviously know that it's a ticking time bomb with a 31-year-old receiver with his injury history, receiving running back with his history. Like if you can get a second, even if you have to give a third or give two running backs for a second, like you're doing that all day, especially on cut down. So I don't have a ton of McKinnon. I think I have four shares of him, but I'd definitely be interested in using him uh, as a pivot somewhere just because people know the name and they're willing to trade for him. So next up in the AFC West, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders, another one, kind of like the Colts, where Josh Jacobs is out of commission. They've been running with Zamir White as the backup. They did sign Damian Williams since we did the last show. I've picked up a ton of Damian Williams. That was one of the ones that if you just look independent at their efficiency, he's been okay. Now, part of that was the Chiefs seem to elevate a lot of these guys. You notice a theme when you look at like historic efficiency. There's a lot of Chiefs that are up there. McKinnon, Darrell Williams, Damian Williams, Kareem Hunt, like all those guys are above average. And part of it's probably just the fact that they were on the Chiefs. But they brought Damian Williams in. Uh, they've also been using Sasir McCormick. They have Britton Brown and Darwin Thompson. And then they also have the holdovers from last year and Amir Abdullah and Brandon Bolden. Most likely they're going to keep those guys. So it probably comes down to what happens with Josh Jacobs. Uh, Sincere McCormick has a long shot to make the team. Darwin Thompson, Britton Brown, no interest in picking those guys up. But it's probably going to be one of Damian Williams or Sincere McCormick that makes the team. And I'd bet on Damian Williams. Like, they brought him in. He worked out for a couple teams. They signed him. But we'll see. It's one of those veterans where it probably doesn't have to do much, and they have a role in mind for him. So that's what I'm picking up. That's another one that if he doesn't make the team, it's probably the last hurrah for him. Uh, but I talked about him earlier in the summer. Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, like those guys are crusty. Nobody wanted them. Everybody cut them when they weren't on the team. But those are types that continue to get chances. Now, this is probably the last chance for a couple of those guys, probably all of them. But the point is, when they get a chance, you want to already have them rostered. So just remember that for next year, when the old, crusty, 29-year-old running back that's bounced around a couple teams gets cut, don't just write him off. Like, that's the type of guy that gets another shot. As long as they stay in shape, they get another shot to make a team. It almost always happens. You've seen how many running backs have been rostered this year. Even if they don't make it, they're at least worth having over the summer, especially when you have a bunch of roster spots to play with. So Damian Williams, probably one that I'm just waiting to see what happens to see if he makes it. Obviously, if Jacobs comes back, then everything changes. The dynamics of the backfield behind Jacobs, still Zamir White, Brandon Bolden, most likely Amir Abdullah still there. So obviously the Damian Williams thing, maybe it's just insurance for Josh Jacobs. Who knows? And then the last team in the AFC, the Chargers. So the Chargers are really impressed with Elijah Dotson. Um, I had talked about Elijah Dotson a little bit on the last show as somebody that I was adding, and since then, they've cut Larry Roundtree. So after Elijah Dotson's big preseason game, they cut Larry Roundtree a day later. So that's good news for Elijah Dotson, Isaiah Spiller, Josh Kelly, Austin Eckler. I think this is a pretty clean one where if there's no injuries 
or no crazy trade or signings, like that's going to be the four running backs on the Chargers. And you want to have a Chargers running back. Just like the Bengals, just like the Chiefs, like you want to have the running back that's on a roster. Even if they're not playing right now, give it a little time and you never know. So Elijah Dotson, if he's available, you should go pick him up. Most of these guys, in fact, Dotson is managed or owned in a lot of my leagues now. So it's hard to get shares of these guys. I will say this, whoever wins the backup job, they may not even announce it. If you remember, the Chargers have kind of done this the last couple of years where they just don't even name who their backup is. They just wait and then they get out there and they're playing two backups behind Eckler. Like, I don't see why that would be different to where it's like, yeah, Kelly's getting six touches and Spiller's getting four or six. And they're both basically playing as the backup and then Eckler's the starter. So you don't want to see that. You would hope that like Spiller can overtake Kelly or they clearly just give the role to Kelly, but most likely they won't. So if there's any buzz, even more so for Spiller is like, yeah, he's clearly the guy. That's definitely one I'd be willing to pivot off of, get a third, get another body, but you can play him just because there's some name cachet, and if it's clear he's going to be the backup, people will buy into that. So that's the AFC. We'll do the NFC here in just a minute, but before we do, let's hear from our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Destination Dynasty is now sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. I'm gearing up for Underdog's Fantasy season-long best ball contest a great way to put your best ball skills to the test against me and everyone else at the Destination Debbie team. The best part, if you use promo code CHILL when you sign up, you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. And if you deposit $10, you'll get access to strategize with us in the Destination Debbie Discord, where you can get additional stats, tips, and much, much more to dominate your drafts. What are you waiting for? Head over to underdogfantasy.com, sign up, Again, use promo code CHILL to get a 100% deposit match up to $100 and deposit your $10 to get access to the Destination Debbie Discord. Back to the show. So we will resume and talk about the NFC West. We'll start with the Rams. Cam Akers as the starter. Kyron Williams is the clear backup, but reports are Kyron Williams has been pushing for a bigger role. So there's, I think, a decent shot that Kyron Williams is one that most people have probably been out on just given they don't really like the offense. Uh, but could be a lot better. So he's been one I've been trying to use as one of those pivot two players where I get Kyron Williams back in a deal if I'm giving away like a more expensive running back, like a Jarek McKinnon for Kyron Williams in a third. A deal like that, I think, could be very beneficial for you where you essentially get the same thing. It's just you get the free pick on top of it. Zach Evans most likely is going to make the team. He was a six-round pick, hasn't done a lot. Ronnie Rivers, they also have. They brought back Ronnie Rivers, uh, was up and down last year, got to play a little bit. And then they did sign Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman is not going to make the team. So it's probably Ronnie Rivers or Zach Evans. I would give the nod to Zach Evans. Uh, But Zach Evans is also one of those guys where if he does anything, if there's ever a reason where you're like, man, his name popped up, they're impressed with him, they're liking what he's doing in practice, anything like that, I'd be willing to move him just because he's got name value. And most likely he is no different than literally tons and tons, dozens of guys I've talked about on this show. He's just a body. If you think differently, that's fine. But the reason why you can probably trade him is because there's a lot of people out there that think differently. So that's how I'm playing the Rams backfield. This is another team that apparently is interested in Jonathan Taylor. So this is another one yet again, where it's like, if somebody gets cut, you can see the Rams targeting somebody that might get cut. They did have Sony Michelle retire since the last show. And that is when they brought in Royce Freeman. So Next team up, the Seahawks. Seahawks obviously have dealt with a couple injuries between Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet and then Kenny McIntosh. There was like a 48-hour window where Kenny McIntosh was the only healthy running back. 
that you wanted. And then, boom, he got hurt. Now Charbonnet's back. Walker's going to be back. So now it's like, man, who's going to be the number three? It's probably still Kenny McIntosh, but they've had DJ Dallas there forever. I could see them keeping DJ Dallas as well. Uh, They did sign Sir Roderick Thompson, who I liked him. There's a Debbie Marketplace video of me talking about Sir Roderick Thompson like four years ago. And he's finally here. And guess what? He's on a 53 right now, but I'm not picking him up. So it comes down to Kenny McIntosh, DJ Dallas. I won't roster DJ Dallas. I'll talk about a couple more blind spots. He's one of the blind spots where... Yes, he's on a 53. I don't want him, though. Just not interested. And thus, I was very interested in Kenny McIntosh when he signed here, even though he's behind Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet. You had to figure the way they had used Travis Homer and DJ Dallas in the past that Kenny McIntosh had a good shot at being the number three running back. And he probably was going to be, quite honestly, if he didn't get injured. So we'll see how that plays out. But still high on him. Have a ton of Kenny McIntosh, but certainly disappointing that he's had the setback in the preseason with the injury. On to the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals are a team that's an absolute train wreck, uh, but their backfield for now is probably James Conner, Keontae Ingram as the clear backup, uh, UDFA Amari DiMercato, a guy I've picked up a ton before it was popular. He's just finally got a little bit of buzz in the preseason, uh, but he's probably the favorite to be the number three. And honestly, as much as you're like, wow, I never saw Amari DiMercato coming. If, if you remember, he's the one that filled in for Kendra Miller when he got hurt in the national title game. Like, and he was good. He's an old running back. He's been in college forever. I think he's 24, 25 years old. Nobody talked about him. I even remember talking about in the Heisman Discord, why isn't anybody talking about him? Like, he's literally in the draft. There's a lot of other guys that are getting talked about that have no chance to get drafted either, but no one talked about him. But he made the Cardinals, got signed with the Cardinals, and I actually see it a team that doesn't really have anything to lose to give him a chance. So I'd much rather roster him over Corey Clement, even though if they both make the roster, he's the one I want to pick up. He's probably still available out there in 80% of your leagues. Like literally, unless I have him, there's a lot of leagues where he's still available. And right now I have eight shares of Amari DiMercato. So I've cut him in a couple places just because you can only stash so many. Uh, But he's also one where you may go, you know what? The team actually has no reason not to give him a chance. Uh, So that's a guy I would consider picking up if you have an extra roster spot, but they probably only keep three. This could also be a team that brings in another guy. They could just cycle through bodies on a bad team that they need to just get through the season with carries. And if it's not James Conner because he gets hurt, they probably just bring in another guy and go, yeah, we need some carries. The team's going to suck, but hey, you're going to get some opportunities. So you never know. They may bring in somebody else as well. Uh, And then San Francisco. So San Francisco just cut Kalen LeBorn the other day. That's a guy I had stashed, but kind of makes it nice when he gets cut. I mean, sucks for him, but makes it nice when he gets cut because I can easily just go and cut him. The only reason I was rostering is because he was literally on the 49ers. Just didn't make it. So they're probably going to keep four. Brian Hill and Jeremy McNichols are on the roster, but they're not going to make the team. It's probably Tyrion Davis-Price, Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey. And like some of these other teams, you got to keep all of them. Even if you have your opinion on who you like between Mason and Davis Price, got to keep both. And then Elijah Mitchell's a wild card. He's clearly the backup, but has never been able to stay healthy. So I think there's actually a chance that Davis Price or Mason, and both have gotten some buzz in the preseason, that they are undervalued. Meaning like they could be the number two in a San Francisco offense and no one's talking about it. So I think there's sneaky chances to throw those guys in. They could also be completely buried. They could be the number four. Mitchell's healthy. McCaffrey's there. You never hear from them. But any 49er running back, you got to keep. And I think both those guys are going to make the roster. So interested in actually picking up 
one of those two if you want to pick your guy and the third. Those are perfect guys to pivot to and essentially just occupy a spot if you can sell somebody that's a little higher up on the pecking order, like a Isaiah Spiller or a Zach Evans or Jerome Ford. Like There's literally no difference between Tyrion Davis-Price and those guys, except for people don't like him, and they like those other three. So literally take advantage of that value, pick up an extra third, maybe you can get TDP thrown into the deal especially. Uh, the Falcons. So the Falcons have brought in a couple guys. Uh, they brought in Godwin Iguabuque, used to be on the Lions and the Seahawks, if people remember him. Uh, Carlos Washington Jr. they've had around. He's actually been okay in the preseason. Uh, most likely, they're just going to roll with Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, and Bijan Robinson. Uh, this is one of the teams that actually uses a fullback as one of the staples in their offense. Uh, so they probably only go with three running backs, and it's pretty crystal clear that it's going to be Robinson, Algier, and Patterson. Maybe they keep a fourth, just depending on special teams, um, as they do have Iguabuque as a kick returner. So you never know if he makes it there, but probably not involved in offense. I'm not rostering any of those other running backs besides Patterson, Algier, and Bijan. The Falcons are pretty simple. I think they're only going to roll with three actual running backs that are worth having. So that's as far as you need to take it for Dynasty. Tampa Bay. So the Buccaneers, Rashad White, Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn, Sean Tucker, Ronnie Brown Jr., and then Patrick Laird. Ronnie Brown's not going to make the team. Patrick Laird, I, I don't think Patrick Laird makes the team. Uh but I think there's an outside shot that for some reason he could. Um, otherwise, it's probably going to be Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn, Sean Tucker, and Rashad White. Interested in all four. I think Edmonds is probably the one that I'm most interested in. At the same time, I think Keyshawn Vaughn probably can do a little bit more overall than Chase Edmonds. And then Sean Tucker is the one that I like the most simply because if Sean Tucker does anything, there's going to be a market. He is definitely one of those guys in the mix of Ford and Spiller and Zach Evans where, man... If he's the number two, legit people will be trading seconds for him, or you'll be able to get a second if you add a third. So definitely I want more Sean Tucker. I don't have enough, uh, but it looks like Tampa Bay is another one of these teams like the Cardinals. They're just going to roll with what they have. And if it becomes attrition later on in the year, they'll just get other players to bring in there and fill in the gaps, but they're not aggressively trying to go do it. Maybe, maybe they look at some guys that get signed, but I wonder if they're just fine with who they have. So got a roster all four. Uh, probably most interested in Chase Edmonds and Sean Tucker, though. Keyshawn Vaughn, listen, I, I just think that there's probably too much stink on him that even if he is technically the backup, people are going to look at him like, man, that's so gross. I don't even want to roster him. And then at that point, he probably becomes undervalued. If he wins the job and he's the number two, now you're like, okay, I have to take him seriously. But that's one I'm not like aggressively picking up everywhere. Uh, like If I have a decent amount, which I think I have a decent amount of Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, nine shares of Keyshawn Vaughn already. Like, I'm good there. I don't need to pivot to him, but there's a chance that he's the backup. And you're like, wow, I never saw that coming, and now I have to actually take him seriously. So keep an eye on the Tampa Bay backfield for sure. The Saints. So the Saints backfield has been one of the most interesting ones. They obviously had Alvin Kamara, only got the three-game suspension, signed Jamal Williams, drafted Kendra Miller. They did bring in Daryl Williams, so that's another one, one of those guys that was sitting out there, you had to pick up, even though he was a free agent for a long time, has been signed and cut a couple places. Last year, he was signed with Arizona, literally never really played, and then he got cut. So people forgot about him, and then he pops back up in New Orleans. Is he going to make the team? We'll see. They also have Ellis Merriweather, who's a guy that's looked okay in the preseason, and then that's another team that keeps a fullback. So... We'll see. I don't know if they keep three running backs or keep four running backs, excuse me. But because Kamara is suspended, I could see Daryl Williams staying on the team for the first month. 
and then Kamara gets cut. The really the wild card is Kendra Miller. He's been injured all of camp, all of mini camp, most of preseason. But then he comes out and you're like, wow, this guy's going to miss the rest of the preseason. Hell, he might not even be ready to start the year. Then boom, he comes out and looks okay in the preseason. So you're like, okay, maybe he is the backup to start the season. So we'll see. Uh, Got to roster Daryl Williams, though. That's a veteran that you just never know. You could wake up opening day and he's the number two in line behind Jamal Williams. So you got to pick up Daryl Williams if he's out there, but then he's just like Damian, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon. He gets cut. You're probably like, yeah, that's a veteran free agent that's 30 years old is just going to linger out there. And you probably don't have to worry about him. You can go pick up 10 shares at any point if you want. So that's how I'm treating the Saints backfield at this point. And then the final team, the Carolina Panthers. So right now the Panthers, Miles Sanders is injured. Then they have Chuba Hubbard, who did come back, but was also injured for a while. Uh, Cameron Peoples, who really hasn't gotten any opportunity in the preseason. And then what are they going to do with their number three spot? Raheem Blackshear is the incumbent who was there last year. Spencer Brown they also had, but Spencer Brown has played more than Raheem Blackshear. So I don't know. This is probably one of the worst backfields. Like you think the Bengals backfield's bad? This one's pretty bad. You know, maybe Mixon and Miles Sanders are there and then behind them, not much. So I could definitely see this being a team that also looks in free agency if somebody gets cut. But right now I'm not rostering Spencer Brown. And I'm rostering a ton of Raheem Blackshear. Raheem Blackshear is actually my highest rostered player in all of Dynasty, believe it or not. 22 shares of Raheem Blackshear. And I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little worried. I was high on him to start the offseason because I figured, you know what? He was there last year. They liked him and seemingly was outplaying Chuba Hubbard. And so you're like, me's definitely going to make the team. Maybe he's even the passing down guy. And then just hasn't really been much else on him since. So I have a lot of them. There's been a couple. I think I've sold a couple for fab dollars. Just going, hey, this team needs to cut down to 30 roster spots or whatever. Can I get some fab? And I'd rather do it with a guy like that that's right on the fringe. But I have so much of them that, man, I don't want to see him be the guy that they let go because that's 22 roster spots that I'm going to have to go clear out on my team. So it's nice that you get the roster spot back. At the same time, I'd rather see him make the team. Maybe he has a role like he did last year. So that's an interesting one to keep an eye on. I have zero Spencer Brown. So it is all in on Raheem Blackshear as the number three for the Panthers. NFC North will go to the Bears. So the Bears, another team that reportedly was in the mix for Jonathan Taylor. That would just be a complete upset to the entire backfield because right now they have three core guys. They're all getting drafted a little bit in between each one of them, but Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson, all getting drafted. I think people can tell themselves a story about how all three of them are relevant this year. They do have Travis Homer and Tristan Ebner. We'll see. This is another team that's going to use a fullback. So I don't see Travis Homer or Tristan Ebner making it. I wouldn't roster either one. Even if they do make it, it may be more for special teams potentially. But right now they've only used Tristan Ebner on special teams. So it really just depends on what they're going to do with that fourth spot. Do they value it or don't they? So that's probably one to keep an eye on, but I don't care about either one of those. So for any running back on a 53, I'm not even picking them up, even if one of those guys makes the team. So three-way backfield, you know what? It's gross, but you can argue, hey, I want to have shares of all three of the Bears running backs just because they were a good running team last year. And because none of them are like top 10 round running backs in terms of like redraft, give me all three. And I'll just take my chances on, hey, one of them's probably got to be okay. And the other two, maybe they're just injury away guys or whatever. But give me all three because they're all pretty much even in value at this point. The Lions, so the Lions, Justin Jackson retired. 
and Mohammed Ibrahim was placed on IR. They subsequently signed Benny Snell. No interest in Benny Snell. I don't think he'll make the team. Divina Zigbo won't make the team. This one's easy. David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Craig Reynolds. Those are going to be the three running backs. They still have Jamar Jefferson, but they've had Jamar Jefferson for a couple years. He is also a blind spot for me where I haven't added him. Uh, but he's been on the roster. This will be his third year with the Lions. He was a seventh-round pick in 2021. But because Ibrahim is now out for the year and Justin Jackson retired before he was buried, and then when they signed Benny Snell after Jackson retired, you go, okay, then that means Ibrahim is toast because why would they literally just bring in another plotter after Jackson retired? And then Ibrahim's out for the year. So just by default, you're like, oh, Jamar Jefferson's just been chilling here the whole time. Maybe he ends up making it. They kept four running backs last year. If you remember, they used Reynolds and Jackson behind Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. So they may keep four. Maybe it is Jefferson, but not one that I'm actively picking up right now. Uh, And kind of like the Panthers, no Spencer Brown, a ton of Raheem Blackshear, a ton of Craig Reynolds. He is my third highest rostered running back, 18 shares, zero of Jamar Jefferson. So those two, Jamar Jefferson and Spencer Brown, if they make the team over Craig Reynolds, and Raheem Blackshear, I'm in trouble. That's a lot of roster spots that I'm going to have to shed. So on to the next team, we have the Green Bay Packers, another one where I might have a blind spot. So Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, those are locks. Patrick Taylor, probably not going to make the team. Nate McCrary, not going to make the team. Here's where it gets interesting. Tyler Goodson, anyone that remembers discussions from last year, Tyler Goodson had him everywhere. Was good in the preseason, never got a chance. Even when they had running backs down, never got a chance. So you're like, all right, they never gave him a chance last year, even though they only had Dylan and Jones. Never even gave him a shot. So then they draft Lou Nichols in the seventh round, and then Emmanuel Wilson pops up in preseason. You're like, man, this guy looks good. So he looks like it's a battle for the number three spot. And Lou Nichols has been injured. And before I'd have told you, hey, they drafted Lou Nichols. He's definitely the favorite over Emmanuel Wilson and Tyler Goodson. But right now, Lou Nichols has been injured. So I'm, I think this is a wide-open one where I don't have any Tyler Goodson. Again, maybe a little bias here where he's been okay in the preseason and I don't have any. But I have a ton of Lou Nichols that I drafted, eight shares of Lou Nichols, and a ton of Emmanuel Wilson that I've picked up, eight shares of Emmanuel Wilson. So we'll see what happens there. They're going to keep three running backs. Maybe they don't. Maybe they only keep two. But I think they're going to keep three, and one of those three is going to be it. If I had to bet... I would bet on it being Emmanuel Wilson, but I have no clue. I'm curious as to anybody that follows the Packers, what they think. Who is it going to be? Maybe it's Lou Nichols, just because they haven't seen him, but they did use a draft pick on him. And they figure Tyler Goodson was on the practice squad last year. We're probably going to be able to keep him on the practice squad. Emmanuel Wilson's the wild card. How much do they like him? Because he's been good in the preseason. How much do they like him? If they like him, then you know what? Lou Nichols is gone. They keep Emmanuel Wilson. Maybe they get Lou Nichols back on the practice squad. It's not like he had high draft capital. He was a seventh rounder. So we'll see. Uh, But hopefully it's not Tyler Goodson because that's the only one I have zero shares of. And I do want the RB3 on the Packers, honestly. And then the Vikings, last team in the NFC North. They're rolling out. Obviously, Alexander Madison, Ty Chandler, Keenan Nwongwu. It's going to come down to Dwayne McBride and Abram Smith. Uh, They do have Aaron Dykes. Not going to make it. Abram Smith, Dwayne McBride. Abram Smith has a good story uh, getting cut. Remember, Abram Smith from last year got a huge signing bonus out of Baylor. Converted linebacker. I think he had the second highest signing bonus of all UDFAs. They're like, oh man, he's a shoe in to make the team. Him and Kennedy Brooks got huge signing bonuses. 
and you're going, man, those guys are for sure going to make it. Neither of them made it. Neither of them made it on the active roster. So then he gets cut, goes plays in the XFL, works out for a couple teams, and then boom, signs with the Vikings. And that was after the Vikings got rid of Dalvin Cook. So it really comes down to Dwayne McBride and Abram Smith. If I had to bet, Abram Smith doesn't make it. But part of me wants to see Abram Smith make it. They kept four running backs last year. Obviously, they have Nwangwu as a special teams guy. Uh, Ty Chandler has played some special teams. But Nwangwu is definitely a special teams guy. So they can keep four and really not count it as just keeping four solo running backs. So it's going to come down to Abram Smith versus Dwayne McBride. And I know Abram Smith, there's been some confusion on whether he's actually been a fullback or not, uh, but he's not going to make it as a fullback. So it's just going to come down to who do they like, McBride or Abram Smith. I would bet it's McBride just because they drafted him, but we'll see. I'm rostering a ton of all the Vikings I can get my hands on because they're going to keep four of these five guys. Really just comes down to probably McBride and Abram Smith. But you want to see because this is another team, kind of like the Bears, where they have a lot of guys, but it may also be a team that's willing to just literally roll with anybody from week to week. So we'll go to the last division, NFC East. We're going to start with Washington, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Chris Rodriguez. Those are the only three I'm interested in. Jonathan Williams has the potential to make it as the fourth. He was there last year. They did sign Derek Gore. They've had Jarrett Patterson forever. Not interested in either one of those guys. Jonathan Williams, he was on a 53 last year. I never picked him up. Still haven't done it consistently haven't done it. Chris Rodriguez is my highest rostered rookie, 16 shares of Chris Rodriguez. So I am all in uh, on my former Kentucky Wildcat behind Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. In a vacuum, this is the perfect setup of a trio of backfield mates. Robinson with Rodriguez as his backup, and then Gibson is the third down back, receiving back, passing specialist, whatever you want to call it. But I want shares of all three of these guys for sure. Uh, We'll go to Philadelphia. So Philadelphia is a tough one. There's a lot of opinions on Philly. Early in the preseason, it was, man, Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift played. Why? Are they not as good as we think? And, of course, as we get forward in the preseason, they flip it. Those guys sit. Kenneth Gainwell plays. Boston Scott plays. The reality is I think it's going to be those four, Swift, Gainwell, Penny, Boston Scott. I want all four. Another team, kind of like the Chiefs, the Niners, Bengals. You, You just want the running backs on their teams. And this is no different. So you want to keep all of them. Trey Sermon's a wild card. There's some people that have liked him. But what I've heard, Trey Sermon's not going to make it. Be interested to see if there's anybody interested in him. Uh, Remember, he got cut last year. And the Eagles picked him up and basically stashed him for a year. So they still have him. They obviously have kept him for a reason. You know, you don't sign a guy before last year's season begins. And then keep him there on the practice squad all year. You got to like something about him. But we'll see. But most likely, I'm cutting Trey Sermon. But you know what? Just given who he is, his pedigree, given the team that he's on, you got to hold on until he actually gets cut. So keep an eye on that one. But they probably keep four, and he's probably the odd man out. On the Giants, the Giants are just a mess. They have Barkley. Uh, He's come back and obviously signed his tender and got the extra money added on top. So he's the clear starter. After that, you got to figure it's Eric Gray as the number two. Then it comes down to who do they want to keep? Do they want to keep four? Because... Matt Breed is going to make the team. So for sure, Matt Breed is going to be the number three, but probably more like Eric Gray is the one you want to have over Matt Breida. And then do they keep a fourth? They sign James Robinson. I'll pick him up just because he's got a name. But if James Robinson gets cut, he's one of those guys that had the Achilles tear, then came back, was okay, then got cut by the team that had him to begin with with the Jaguars. The Jets signed him. 
The Jets dumped him pretty quickly. Then the Patriots signed him. The Patriots then dumped him. And now he goes to the Giants. And if the Giants dump him, that's three teams that have dumped him since the Achilles tear. So most likely he's done at that point, not picking him back up. I really am not interested in him on the Giants, just given that history. Uh, but you never know until he's officially cut. I'll still roster him. Just Sean Corbin's not going to make it. Another practice squad guy from last year that just seemingly never got a shot. And then Gary Brightwell. I have a couple Gary Brightwell, but that's one where I, I kind of hope they get rid of Gary Brightwell just because I don't want to roster him. But technically, he could be the number three running back on the Giants. So you have to at least respect that until you don't. So that's one where I believe I have a couple shares of him. Uh, yeah, two shares of Gary Brightwell, but I'm probably sitting here going, man, can we just get some news that he's just going to be an odd man out? Because he has a terrible profile. I really am only keeping him because they literally don't have anybody else, and he's still on a roster at this point. So that's one I can probably dump those two shares. And then final team, Dallas. Another one of these teams. We probably mentioned a dozen of them that you're just like, man, when are they going to sign somebody else? It was Tony Pollard coming back from his injury. Seemingly, he's fine. It was Malik Davis all offseason. Malik Davis is going to be the number two, and then now that's flipped. The emergence of Deuce Vaughn, Rico Dowdle has passed him as the number two. Now there's been some reports Malik Davis won't even make the team. Another one I'm heavily invested in, Malik Davis, 19 shares. So actually, he's number two right above Craig Reynolds. So right there, Malik Davis and Kenyon Drake are tied for number two in terms of how many shares that I have. Here's the thing. I've seen people trying to trade Malik Davis just to get something because he's not a good prospect. Terrible profile. He was behind Damian Pierce in college, who people talked about was an underwhelming prospect coming out of college. So Malik Davis was his backup. So he does not have a standalone profile where you go, man, Malik Davis, well, I knew him because he was potentially the backup in Dallas. But if he gets cut, it doesn't mean I'm interested in him because he's probably not that great. So that's one where if you can get some fab or you can pivot off of him, even if he makes the team with what we've seen from Deuce Vaughn and what Rico Dowdle's shown, I'm probably interested in moving Malik Davis. If you can literally flip him for even a fourth, even a fourth and Malik Davis for a third, maybe some fab for him. Like the fab I think will be useful if you can use that later on in the year than keeping Malik Davis. So Rico Dowdle, if no one's picked him up, I'm sure he's been picked up now because he's been getting some buzz for the last couple weeks. So he's probably already picked up and then obviously Deuce Vaughn. So that's the 32 teams. I'll just say, like I said at the beginning, right now I'm rostering 124 different running backs. Uh, the ones I'm most invested in, you know what? I'm going to save that for a future show talking about like where I made my biggest bets for the year. Uh, but truthfully, I think the takeaway from this show is keep an eye on the transaction wire. Like literally keep an eye on the transactions every single day, not just on roster cut down days, but every single day leading up to there. Like there are cut downs that happen every single day. A player will get cut here, a player will get cut there. And now that most of the preseason games are done, you're probably going to see teams cutting players because they don't need mercenaries to go out there and literally take up snaps. Like that's one of the things that you'll see is you'll see teams keep a bunch more players. That's why they allowed teams to keep up to 90 until the cutdown day instead of periodically having to cut down. If you remember, they used to have to cut down to like 80 and then to 70 something or 68 or something like that. They had to periodically cut down during the preseason, but because so many teams just don't play their starters, like you need an entire two deep roster of essentially fill-ins to go play that final preseason game because there's teams resting 20, 30 players. So we need to literally have a full squad to go out there and get through the game. 
So after that, you'll see teams starting to cut players. Then what you have to do is you do have to kind of watch the transaction wire because you'll see players get cut. And I've been guilty of this because I'm very OCD and I'm very reactionary. I'll go, oh man, Malik Davis got cut. And what I'll want to do is I'll want to go in and I'll cut every share of Malik Davis in my portfolio because obviously if he's not on a roster week one and everyone has to cut their teams down, you know, you're going from 34 to 30 or 30 to 26 in your league or whatever it is, as you trim down spots, there's going to be roster cuts that you have to make, but there's also going to be other players that people drop that you may want to pick up. And it's called any running back on a 53. We're getting to the point where it's becoming a 53. It's not 90. It's not 85. It's not every team has six running backs that I could potentially add because, yes, they're technically on the roster. We're getting to any running back on a 53. Now, that extends. Some teams carry three. Some carry four. Some teams will get a guy to the practice squad. And I go, how the hell did they get Zonovan Knight to the practice squad last year? And you would have thought, man, that's a guy somebody would have claimed, right? Like the Jets kept four running backs and they still managed to keep Zonovan Knight. And then you saw later in the year, he was up and he was starting a couple games. So sometimes you'll see guys sneak on the practice squad and two mistakes that I've made in the past. One, I do the quick cut. Oh, that guy got cut. I'm cutting him everywhere. Now, certain players like a Gary Brightwell type, if he gets cut, I'll just cut him. I don't care about him. I'm not interested in his profile if he's not on a roster. So even if he goes and latches on with Arizona or something like that, not really interested. Uh, The second thing is don't read into a team keeping a guy on the practice squad. Because remember, when a player gets cut, for them to get signed, they have to be worthy of a 53-man roster spot with another team. So sometimes what you'll see teams do is they will cut actually under 53 because they can sign somebody else if they get waived they can claim them you know a guy that was a udfa they can get claimed and they can be put on a 53-man roster with a team that has an open spot so you'll see a couple teams make a couple trades maybe they trade for some cash or a conditional pick uh, or you'll see a player get waived and you think oh he got cut he's just going to go on waivers but then he gets claimed And then he goes on somebody else's 53. So sometimes I've seen players get cut, but then they get claimed and then they're on a 53. And you thought, oh yeah, that guy's not going to make a team. I have no confidence he's on a 53. If he didn't make it in Arizona, well, he's not going to make it at all. Then boom, he gets waived and somebody else signs him. And then he is on a 53 and he passes somebody else that you may have held on to. So give it a couple days. You know, give it a couple days, see how things play out. There's going to be a huge news dump When everybody gets down to their 53, uh, the NFL cutdown dates have to take place August 29th, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern is the 53-man roster deadline. At 4 o'clock, everybody has to be down from 53, and you can carry 90 up until then. So there's a lot of teams right now that are carrying close to 90. Tons of teams are in the 80s right now. And so they're going to have to cut a lot of players. So you're going to see more players get cut than in the past. Players where you're like, yeah, I thought that guy would make the team because he's held on this long. Really, no, because they don't have to do any cut downs before this. There's teams that are going to literally cut 40% of their roster on August 29th. Then what happens is you then have 16 players that you can sign to the practice squad. So obviously those players have to meet qualifications but they can be basically moved from the active roster to the practice squad if they're not claimed. And given everybody has to cut down to 53, 
there's going to be players that are going to be able to be snuck onto the practice squad just because a team doesn't really have a need. And a running back is one of those where you would think because we pay attention to it so much in fantasy, there would be a lot of movement. But rarely is there going to be a player that you go, wow, that guy got cut by the Eagles and he got claimed by the Bengals and now he's on their 53-man roster. Like it is such a devalued position that a lot of times those type of transactions where somebody saves a spot for a guy, it's not going to be for the running back. It might be a specialist. It might be a defensive player, somebody that plays special teams or a backup corner, something like that, or offensive lineman, but probably not a running back. Like there might be a couple, maybe less than half a dozen running backs that get waived and somebody else even expresses interest. Most of them are going to clear waivers. Most of them are going to go back to practice squads, whether it's the one that cut them or it's somebody else's practice squad, especially these guys that were either late picks or UDFAs with a team. They know the system, right? Like they know that system. They've been in training camp. They've been in mini camps with them. Those are most likely going to be the ones that return to the teams that already know them. They already know, hey, we like that guy. We couldn't quite squeeze you in the 53, but we're going to put you in the practice squad, a la Zonovan Knight last year. So keep in mind those deadlines, give it a couple days. So maybe instead of reacting on Tuesday night and cutting everybody, give it 36 hours, 48 hours, see where everybody lands, then finalize your rosters leading into Labor Day weekend. And there you go. Any running back on a 53, there's going to be a lot of movement. Prepare for a lot of moves. And if this is your strategy, if you've employed any version of the any running back on a 53, like this is go time. This is what you planned all summer for, stashing these guys, rostering 15-plus running backs on teams. This is where you're going to make your hay. This is where you're going to go, you know what? I hit on three or four guys that I got for nothing, and they're an injury away from potentially giving me a spot start. And if you've built your team correctly around them where you're strong in every other spot, but you're just scraping by to get a couple running back starts every single week, there you go. Then you're going to have other teams where you go, yeah, I whiffed on a ton. I had 14 guys and nine of them have no chance. Like I have a couple teams like that where I look at the names and I go, yeah, don't have enough like secured spots or at least as many as I would hope for. So this is the time you live for if you play any running back on a 53. Hopefully this episode helped. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Charles Chill FFB, patreon.com slash all gas to join the Heisman tier over in Destination Devi. If you want to interact with me, literally talk about this stuff 24-7 in the chat, in the voice chat, check that out. Heisman tier over at patreon.com slash all gas. Uh, Dynasty Trades in 5 every Tuesday night. Uh, some more stuff coming very, very soon on Dynasty Trades in 5. Look for even more content from the Trades in 5 crew, myself, Clay, uh, and Shane at Trades in 5. And then finally, Destination Chill, as I said at the beginning, Moving over to Wednesday nights starting on September 13th. So there'll be one more episode next week where Ray and I talk about ways we can fail this year in fantasy, this year in dynasty. Things that if they go wrong or vice versa, things we are betting on going right and they don't can really impact our ROI and how many leagues we win in 2023. So that'll be a fun show to do to end the offseason And then next week, we're looking forward to the beginning of football season. I will be in Las Vegas starting on September 5th uh, for FFPC main events. I have five drafts that I'm doing myself. Also have a partner. Shout out to Jay Reed. He'll be doing five as well. We're splitting those this year. So 10 drafts we'll be doing out in Vegas. Looking forward to a week out there. 
and then it'll be right into the grind of the season. So looking forward to it. A lot to come on Destination Devi here coming very, very shortly. So stay tuned. The new website is launching very, very soon. And with that, I will go ahead and sign off. Be chill. There's a rumor going back.